Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for it. By the way, you see the Lakers questionable tonight. Anthony Davis and LeBron. Oh, the really? Also known as the Lakers. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Well, you don't know how good that is to hear because last night on this very show, nobody had an air horn. Nobody even had a sad trombone. It was depressing. I, I don't know what I would have had for you last night either. <laughs> you man. would have had a fake Ugh. energy sad trombone because you always have the energy for the sad trombone. Eric gave a fake laugh. He did give a fake it was laugh. It was terrible. Eric almost wasn't on the show. He was this like I gave him the option. He was like, I'm going home. I'm not going to be on. And then he ended up staying. Um, yeah. We got a great one for you tonight, though, or today, guys, because we get to not talk about the Nuggets too much. We get to instead talk about the future Nuggets and the implications <laughs> of the new. That's what we do best. That's what we do best. But honestly, the CBA, the new collective bargaining agreement, very interesting. A lot of like what I feel like are major changes. Maybe our guest panelists will not. Um, but real quick, let me introduce the panel. I got Harrison Wind. Just chugging as many drinks as I can to uh, get out of that hangover depressed state i was in last night i know it's so true and then over there i got brendan vote in the mustard yellow you guys have no idea how different the vibe is when you just don't do the show after a <laughs> loss i'm like yeah whatever how many times did you laugh watching the show last night just like <laughs> several yeah you're yeah. like suckers look how yep. sad they are you didn't watch the show you don't have to lie i watched uh no, I watched I didn't. parts of it. Yeah, why would you have? <laughs> uh, but our guest today, of course, always our expert when we talk all things salary cap, collective bargaining agreement, analytics, all of these different things. Bronco Squatch, aka Jake Coin. Jake, thanks for coming in. Man, I'm glad to be here. I guess last night's loss was just bad enough that we got to bring in the nerdy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to clean everybody's palettes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, gotta clean the palette with some CBA <laughs> details. Uh, gotta get into some lawyer stuff. I'm, I'm actually very fascinated with it. Segments two, three, and probably four, we're going to talk about like the state of the NBA and the implications of this because, man, anytime there's a new collective to bargaining agreement, I mean, major changes happen. Don't you feel like every time there's a new change to a salary cap or this or that, it has these ripple effects that texture the next five, six, in this case, seven years. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And I mean, we don't even know everything that's going on yet. And it's just such a wide, wide thing. And you also consider that this will probably be the CBA that the NBA expands under, things like that. Oh, you know, just already bringing the gems. Expansion so, talk. So much to talk about. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, but mm. first, we have a new segment. Kale, can you go ahead and bring up the new segment? I'm going to be going to this well a lot. The Hangover! Oh, yeah. The hangover. Look at us there. We lost Dev. Oh, man, we did lose Dev. He should have been Mike Tyson, to be honest here. Wait, so hold on a second. You're Alan. 
Okay. Oh wait, no. Eric's Allen. Which one? Am I the guy that gets lost immediately and then no, is not think, in the rest? No, you're you, Bradley you Cooper. You gave yourself Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Bradley Cooper. Here. Hell yeah. Oh, oh I'm Bradley that, Cooper. Yeah. Oh, that, that does make sense. You are Coincidence. By, by far the biggest <laughs> asshole graphic, on the show. Man, so. it's such a good graphic. I <laughs> yeah. feel like everybody was cast perfectly. This is like there. when you decide we're doing a snake draft, and all of a sudden you have the first pick. Just like that. That's How crazy. does that happen? <laughs> Yeah, we lost Kale. Yeah, yeah. Kale's yeah. the one that's There Kale. you go. Kale's yeah. definitely the last one. Um, all right. Hangover. Guys, we do this show immediately after the game. And, you know, um, it's always nice to rewatch the game. I'll be honest, I didn't rewatch this one. But oh, it's God. always good to, like, sleep on it, come back to it. Um, I'll start with Jake since he's our new one. Last night's game felt, in many ways, like a low point. He slept on it. Do you have what's your what's your fresh eyes, non hangover take about the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, I mean you watch performances like that, and I think it's really easy to overreact on one hand, but also some of those reactions are warranted. Just going off that game, right. uh, one thing I try to do is, you know, I try to go into every season with, you know, what do what does this team need to show me for me to believe they're a contender? Uh, they've checked off most of those boxes already, and there's not really a lot left for them to do. Um, so I try not to get too low with losses like that, but, but man, you just hope you don't see it this often, this, <laughs> this late from this type of team. Uh, so it, it can be frustrating for sure. What, are, so what are some of the boxes they've checked and what are you, you almost deliberately said most of the boxes, which is not all of them. So yeah. are, what, is there any like major ones that are unchecked? Uh, just the last one left is I, I thought going into the season that the one seed should be what this team strives for and. You know, that's all but locked up. Okay. You know, that, that's, that's checked <laughs> off in pencil. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. I <laughs> me honestly, too, me they're going to get it tonight. Me probably. too. But I'm just saying, we've been Don't saying that for tonight. two weeks and watching the margin. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so true. It's so true. The Nuggets could have given us this a week ago. <laughs> Maybe two yeah. weeks ago, honestly. They could have locked up the one seed two weeks ago, and instead they're like, we're going to make you all sweat it. We're not sweating it, but we're going to make you guys. <laughs> yeah. Is it as simple as that, the one seed? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, another big thing for me was I wanted to see uh, good defense over a big sample size from this team. Didn't have to be the whole season, but, you know, 30 games, 40 games. And I think we mostly saw that, but... Statistically, we did. Right. But this little bit, these last 10 games or so at the end, you have to say, you know, is this enough for me to question that big sample size? Because, right. you know, as an analytics guy, one thing you do is you have to take in all the data. You, you know, you can't just throw out data right, that doesn't right, fit right. what you want. Uh, and so you do have to take into account these last 10 games and say, hey, does this cancel out any of those good things we saw from the team earlier this year? One of my favorite things to do earlier in the season was, well, if you cut out the first five games of the year, yeah. Denver's a top eight defense. You know, if you cut out those first five, now you have to be like, if you cut out the first five in the last 10. And it's like, man, at what point that this point again, we all watch the season. So we think there's a real reason why you would cut out the first five games. I mean, Murray's first back, and they're on the road, and there's actual logistical reasons. But at a certain point, it's like the stats you always see. No player has ever scored 23 points while shooting 11 threes, grabbing four rebounds, and dishing two first-quarter assists. And you're like, this isn't a stat. This is too many qualifiers. Yeah. That's how I feel about the defensive stuff. There's too many qualifiers for me to pretend there's good signs. Yeah. Well, I think in the playoffs, we're going to find out once and for all, if this actually is a true flip the switch team, like I think they might be. And if like Nicole Jokic is a true flip the switch player, which I think he is, because remember the Memphis win? 
you know, a month ago. I do remember you know, the statement that, that gave them a uh, like unchokable lead for the number one <laughs> seed. Maybe an unchokable lead. Oh. Uh, the Nuggets are seven and eight since that game. Mm. They're seven and eight. Yeah, I put six and an eight on the timeline last night, so I was wrong. They're seven and eight with a bottom ten offense. Bottom ten offense. That's wild. That and part. like, uh, I mean, they haven't had Jokic for some of these. Well, three, I think. But that text three in a fifteen game sample. Size and I mean, they it, they still scored like hundred ten against the Warriors. So it, they've been a very mediocre team for a while. Like yeah. fifteen games. That's that, that's a decent amount of game. They, it, they've been a mediocre team since that game. It does seem awfully reminiscent of the the first, not quite third, but chunk of the season as well. Or you. It does feel like with this team, it's effort. A lot of it starts with Jokic, I think. Not just effort, but just the whole aura of how everyone's treating this game tonight. Um, so it, I'm inclined to say it's a switch, but they're pushing that dynamic, I think, to the brink, right? Like, are they, have they earned this? The, like, the, sw the switch better flip, you know? But I do think it's more that than inconsistency. Like, I, I think you can look at all these losses and say, I know the data is important, but having watched these, I watched this team not care enough. I watched them gear down. Yeah. I so. mean, it is true. If they would have beat the heck out of the Spurs, beat the heck out of the Rockets, beat the heck out of some of these, what, the Wizards. Oh, but we'd then, be flying high but, right now. But, but then lost the Bucks game. And the lost Warriors the game. Warriors yeah. game. Like, if it was everything was just flipped, would we feel better, worse, or the exact same about it? And I kind of feel like we would feel bad in a different direction would be like well all they did was beat the bad teams right. but against good competition right. so it's a weird a weird moment i will say this you know like internet speak is always sounds like a lot of copium right but <laughs> at least we understand the abstract what terminology I'm so, that's that's pretty good. i get this in the cool reply internet guy yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. quoting I like, like the teenagers that <laughs> yeah. i entered i don't speak in these type of words but i'm just saying <laughs> the I, the concept of it sounds like you're trying to fit the sure. best case scenario into the yeah. Sure. data available and all i'll say is going into this playoffs sadly i feel like all possibilities are on the table they win a championship and they look like the best version yeah. or these holes are less about well they're not motivated they're not this and more about hey man it's just who they are they're a little bit of right. a schizophrenic team they mm. play really well they play really bad and and this or that that being said they could crush the suns tomorrow <laughs> could they but here's the thing. And we might be back in. Here's the problem, man. Motivation. What's the Suns' motivation tomorrow night? Or, I don't they know. They don't have one. They can't move up. They can't move down. Their season is also effectively over. This is why I'm saying, like, basketball is so funny in today's NBA where there's so much rest and, ever, and so much BS that every game you can spin the way you want. They beat the Suns. There's proof. They beat good teams. Or they beat the Suns. Suns didn't care. They lost motivation. I think if the Suns play everybody, like that will be a nice data point to have. For Nuggets sure. played everybody last night. I know, and they sucked. So if, if they play, I mean, like if if the Nuggets at full strength beat the Suns at full strength tomorrow, like I'll feel good about that. Here's my theory, Jake: the Nuggets don't play defense easy. It takes effort. They have to have effort to play good defense, but they have to have pressure to yeah. have effort, and they don't have pressure right now. So they don't have effort, and if they don't have effort, they don't have good defense. And if you don't have good defense, your offense needs to be incredible and ever to win, even against bad teams. Last night, it wasn't, and they lost to the Rockets. Does that give you – I mean, 
do you does this seem linear to you that this is why the Nuggets are such a schizophrenic team? Is that their defense specifically requires ninety percent effort or higher? Yeah, I mean, speaking to what you're saying there, I think when you talk about the floor of this team, two of the biggest floor raisers in the NBA for me are your ability to play defense yeah. and your star power. Mm. When you think about the Nuggets, they have one star, yeah. and they have a couple guys who can play like stars, right. but I wouldn't call them stars. Last night they didn't want and, Jamal out. So. Yeah, and, and their defense is kind of hit and miss, mostly miss recently, and so... When you get neither of those things, your floor is going to show a lot more. Um, and like you're saying, I think this team struggles a little bit to get motivated at times. Um, and I think it's, you know, and this will sound like I'm being critical of Jokic. I'm not. But I think they're a reflection of their best player. Um, and I think Jokic puts in his best work when he knows he needs to win. And I think he knows he doesn't need to win right now. Um, and I think this playoff run is going to show us you know, what's the future of this team as far as players, coaches, front office. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing if they can step up to the plate. And you think about the difference between the the hypothetical difference between that game and the first game of the playoffs. And you would just start with Jokic's approach, right? In, in theory and almost certainly in practice, there will be a marked difference in how he approaches it. So I, I, think, I think the way you frame that about Jokic and how it trickles down – is 100% correct. Is this a thing we accept, though, Harrison? Because here's the thing I wonder. Because I think it's actually true as well. Like, Yoke sets the tone. And Yoke doesn't need this. Like, here's the thing. Yoke doesn't need this BS, man. He hasn't needed the last 20 games. He was ready. He doesn't need training camp either. He's ready. He doesn't need all these things. But it's one of those things where it's like, you might be an, al be an alcoholic, but you keep inviting your alcoholic buddy to go drinking with you, and, like, you're ruining him. I do wonder if there's something with this with Yoke where it's like, you might not have needed the last 20 games, but when you take them off emotionally, mm -hmm. so does Aaron Gordon, so does KCP, so does everybody else. Yeah. And those guys need it. I think we'll find out in the playoffs, like, if they make the run that we think they can, I think it's cool. Right. <laughs> if they don't, maybe he's got to reassess. This is why like, that's going to yeah. be the ultimate proving ground for all of this. Oh, God, you're so right. If they win the championship next year. Right. Who gives a Yo, shit about Yo, anything Yo, in the Yo's regular gonna season? going to have like four good games. I, yeah. I just want to go on record and say whether that's the right or wrong approach from Jokic aside, I don't like it. Right. You right, know, right. we've complained a lot about the regular season product and all the forces pushing against a good game on any given night. And that's one of them. Now, he might be right, you know, philosophically and just until the schedule changes or whatever, but it is actually my least favorite part about following Jokic as opposed to say Giannis or whatever right because I just don't think you have as many of those like well I don't care about this one right right and I don't know there's it, something to that for me there is something to it and I do wonder if that's just part of Jokic's growth as as a player and as a leader is like a lot of times you have to fake it because those other guys need it the leadership yeah. thing is for real like yeah. that that I know is for real right like he's got to do more in that respect on games like last night and he's goodwill hunting. I've always compared him. It's like my favorite comp for him is the goodwill hunting where he's like rips up or lights the piece of paper on fire. And he's like, you know how easy this is for me? This is right. hard for you. I'm sorry. It's hard for you. Right, right. But when you're a collaborator, unfortunately, you have yeah. to move at the speed of your slowest person. Sometimes you have to do things. So I don't know. Again, I don't want to put it all on Yoke. He's, he's such a good player. But I do think there's a lot of the team takes their cue from him. And last night, sure. he just looked like a guy that couldn't be bothered to play in that game. Somebody asked in the chat. 
the, the Pelicans win tonight and the Grizzlies lose. Nuggets <laughs> win the, first, the one seed. How do you approach these last three games, Jake? If the Nuggets secure it tonight in the lamest of all possible ways, not by taking it, but by give, being given to them. God. <laughs> this like, does that mean the next three games you just kind of punt on? <laughs> rest up? I mean, I'm a big proponent of uh, not having too much rest. Yeah. And they do get a full week off between games. If there's anybody dealing with little injuries, I'd say definitely sit them. Um, but, <laughs> Jamal Murray. But like Jamal Murray playing last night was dumb, but yeah. But like certain guys like KCP, I would just put them out there and say, hey man, just shoot it 15 times. Like, oh, get, get, a get over this slump. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. Uh, Michael Porter, I'd say, you know, let's throw you out there, try a couple new things, something like that. So um, I definitely wouldn't push anything if the one seed gets clinched tonight, but I also wouldn't just rest everybody. There's also a funny thing Aaron Gordon shed a light on in, a, in the last practice where he said, we're trying out a lot of new offenses, you know, because we want to expand the playbook and make everybody's scout be huge. Like everybody has to scout 150 plays rather than 30. So I do wonder also late game, like why are they in a slump? Maybe it's because they're doing a whole bunch of new stuff and it's like they're trying to win in some different ways. I think it's more the motivation aspect of this. But nonetheless, I hope that was the case for barely getting to 100 points against the Houston Rockets. I hope, I hope that was the reasoning. It honestly <laughs> might be, though. Like, please, God, <laughs> look, it honestly might be. All right, let's take a break on the other side. Let's start to dive into some of this stuff because it has implications for the Denver Nuggets this summer. Okay, I think we'll ask Jake. Breckenridge Brewery, Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. Check out the Mile High City Golden Ale from Breckenridge Brewery. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator. It's on their website. Type in your location, your address, your zip code. That will tell you where to get Breckenridge Brewery. Check out the Mile High City Golden Ale. Now that it's nugget season, check out the Avalanche Amber Ale. Still Av season. That's what we drink when we're watching the Avs. Vanilla Porter Jr., Good Company Hard Seltzer. Tons of options with Breck Brew. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Also, shout out to our friends at Ivy Nutrition. Stop by their Wash Park location, corner Alameda and Downing. You have to go to that location, that location only. Yeah. Anyone who mentions DNVR when they come in, they get 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. These things are pretty expensive. So, like, this is a huge discount. This is a huge offer from them. It's at their Wash Park location. You have to go to that location, corner of Alameda and Downing. Anyone who mentions DNVR when they drop in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional trip. Give them a call, 720-259-4404. IV Nutritional Therapy works on a foundational level by safely and directly delivering vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients directly to the body, uh, which in turn optimizes the body's natural ability to activate its self-healing mechanism. So check out IV Nutrition today. We need the hook it up, hook it to my veins player of the week. Dude, I need an IV this morning. You did? That's when I should have dropped by IV Nutrition. This Why? morning. Is it the temperature drop? That's what always gets me. That was the game last night. Oh. <laughs> I need an IV after a game like that. <laughs> All right. New I don't know if that's on their list of like, uh, they got the uh, express lunch break drips, the uh, intermuscular injections. They need like a uh, a loser's lounge. <laughs> Get back. <laughs> the winning formula. Yeah. Get you back to feeling like a winner <laughs> after your proven loser. Um, all right. Let's talk about the CBA. Jake, my first note on this is there's a money faucet in the NBA right now. It's a lot of money being made. Players making more than ever. And with this new CBA, it looks like even more money. And a new TV deal looks like even more money is coming in. We really are in the roaring 20s for the NBA. 
where everybody is feasting and we had a deadline and terms were met in large part. A lot of times when these breaks happen and there's a strike or or a lockout, either way you want to phrase it, whenever these things happen, a lot of it is because something's not working out and like somebody wants more money. Are they, hey, we need this or that. Right now, everybody's feasting. Owners, players are feasting. And I feel like the number one takeaway is they reached a deal. So we're going to finish out this decade without a labor stoppage. That's the first big takeaway, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was reported that one of the things that the owners brought to the table uh, was a hard salary cap, meaning right. you can't spend over this much. And they knew they had to drop that because the players were never going to accept it. And it just goes to show, you know, the players don't want to be capped at a certain number. Um, the owners making tons of money, players going to make tons of money. Uh, really, there's just so much uh, success financially going on in the NBA that it made these negotiations easy. We had a stoppage of play in 99. We had one in 2011. What was the other one? Was it 2007? Do you remember 2016? Anybody remember what the other? I no. thought there's been three since 99. So the fact that they're usually one a decade, we end up getting a labor stoppage. So the fact that we're going to make it through the 20s, knock on wood, I mean, I guess there's still chances things can fall over, but almost certainly not going to have a stoppage in the 20s is no small thing. It's nice that we're going to get through a decade. Yeah, we're going to have jobs still. Oh, wait, we had, we had a stoppage. We had a we had pandemic. That yeah, but that, was, that was a little different. That was an act of God, yeah. I, I guess. Um, what do you see as, let's just talk about, uh, actually, let's talk about this one. The first item to kind of bring up is that teams now can sign their own veteran players for a 140% previous year salary as opposed to 120%. This one, I believe, has direct implications for one Bruce Brown. Unless you're reading something new, uh, I think... You're getting it a little confused. So this is for extensions only. Okay. And so what this would mean is for Aaron Gordon, um, for example, after his little half season here, the Nuggets gave him his maximum extension, which was a 20% raise. This would mean he could have gotten a 40%. Uh, what mm -hmm. this hasn't affected is non-bird rights, which is what Bruce Brown has. Uh, mm. I haven't seen anything come out about bird rights and any changes, so it's possible there is changes to it. But as of now, there are no changes to that Bruce situation. So the Bruce number actually doesn't change at all. Nuggets are still handicapped to what they can sign them for. As far year. as any information that's been leaked about the CBA now, yeah. Um, obviously, once it comes out, I'll read it through, and there will be reports about it, and, and we'll find out then. But as of now, it's the same. Is the intended outcome there that t teams like Denver can just simply offer more to a guy like AG to keep him as opposed to just getting out there in free agency? Yeah, I think the big thing is you'll have players that are late bloomers. Um, they maybe don't look as great right away. So like take Jalen Brown right now, for example. Um, the talk with him is that he'll wait until free agency because the Celtics can't extend him to his max amount. Uh, uh, because when he got his original contract, it was just lower. He didn't take his max. And so it, this is intended to give teams a chance to maintain their own players who maybe improved a lot mm. since they signed a long-term deal. Mm. Which I think makes sense conceptually. I think the NBA wants teams to be able to retain their players more. Yep. Yep. It's like the, I, I don't think you can stop super teams, although there's some things in here that maybe are, are aimed at that. 
But this idea of if you invest in a player right now, if you invest in a player and it takes five years for them to fully blossom, you're coming up on the time when they can leave you. And for the it just Lakers. Sucks that there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, so and, and it's not just the star players, which I think the NBA has put in things like Supermax and these things to try to keep stars to various levels of success. But then it becomes your second tier players where it's like, yeah, we took a long time to develop this role player that fits alongside our star, and we lost him right at the moment when we developed him into what we wanted. Yeah. So I think this is the mechanism is the second tier of player. Now we want that player, your Aaron Gordons, your KCPs. We want them to have the ability to stay with the team for long runs. What did you say? Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely one of the big themes with this CBA is trying to introduce more parity into the league. Um, and I think, you know, keeping your own high-end players as part of that because, you know, we all know, you know, if you go to free agency and you have an equal offer from the Lakers or the Jazz, you know, where's where's right, a player going to go, yeah. you know? Um, and so this is intended to let some of those players get money early instead of having to wait till free agency and then, hey, you're picking between Los Angeles and and some city you probably don't like as much. So The also interesting one along these same lines is the non-max rookie contract extension can now be five years. This is a Christian Brown rule. Mm. <laughs> We're me. giving him a five-year no, max? Let's no, go! No, non-max. <laughs> specifically non-max. Like at the moment, you, you draft a star. Of course, you get that extra year, and that's a big reason why rookies don't leave. They stay till their second yeah. contract. But now for that second-tier second caliber player or third-tier which is a Christian Brown. He's not getting a max here in a couple of years. Well, but the idea is that never. now the Christian Browns are more likely to stay with their team as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, one guy I think of with this is like OG Ananobi. Yeah. Because he didn't get a max with the Raptors. But under something like this, he could have gone for five years. Maybe the trade talks aren't as strong as they are right now. Uh, you know, it's just a big trickle effect. So uh, Christian Brown, whatever type of money he gets, you know, he could develop into a max player, I guess, if you're really if you're really <laughs> high on Christian Brown. But regardless, you know, now you can keep him for what he could have another eight full seasons right. as a nugget under this type of thing. So it's a good deal. And I think that in the NBA, the way it works is the guys that are slightly below max, like OG Ananobi, teams end up overextending themselves because they're like, he's not a max, but we have to pay him. Otherwise, we're going to get Jalen Brunson. Totally. But now you might be able to be like, hey, we're not paying you that crazy 25, 30 million a year, but we are going to give you five years. And over the course of it, you have to decide, is it worth it to get the extra $10 million guaranteed, but mm -hmm. it takes five years? And I think that helps teams. You, there's a lot of teams that are like put in that position. Jalen Brunson maybe is a bad example because he's actually playing up to his giant contract. But I also understand, at least in part, why Dallas would look yeah, at that and sure. go, is this really our team we're going to build for the next five years is, is right. Jalen and, and Luca? It's a tough spot to be in. Maybe they would have saved him if they had this fifth-year non-max they could have given him. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's such a big butterfly effect, and I'm really curious to see the type of deals that some of these rookie-scale contracts are going to get. Christian Brown, to me, feels like a perfect guy for this. Why I like the rule for him is because, to me, five years is not a risk for Christian Brown. He's going to be... He's an easy player, in my opinion, to project. He's yeah. going to be a very solid role player. So if you can give him a fifth year, it's like perfect, man. Like we'll lock you up. It's a lot of money. I mean, eighty million dollars. I don't know what it like. He could sign an eighty million guaranteed contract. Like for a player of his caliber, that's kind of unheard of. But if you can just add it at over five years, it's like okay, it's good for him. It's good for the team. Everything's good here. Um, 
let's go to the the super. What are we calling this? The super cap. What are, what are we gonna start calling the second cap? Zach yeah. Lowe called it the lead apron. The lead apron? Yeah. Like, because it's like a heavy apron? Yeah. Instead of a soft one? I don't know. I don't think we're going to call it that. He's really pushing it hard. <laughs> the lead apron? I don't yeah. think it's yeah, This stick. is such jargon. Like, here's the thing. If you say a super max, we understand the super max contract. It's like more than a max, right? Like, we understand. Lead apron, if you said that to the layman on the street, they'd be like, what the hell? Is that like a backstop on the <laughs> cord or something? I think it's a super tax or a super. I don't know what we'll call it. Something here, isn't it? It's a second apron though. Second apron, so super the, apron, the lead apron, super tax, super tax, super yeah. max, and a super I, tax. I think Keith Smith calls it the super tax. So. Let's call it the super tax. Yeah. Is the lead apron what the dentist puts on you? Yeah, yeah. When they do when the, oh, the X-ray, yeah. <laughs> Just mm. throw it on you. Just so trying to figure it out. Then they go behind the concrete wall. Yeah. Um, all right, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about the super tax. What? How is it going to work? Like, how do you, what effect do you think it is going to have? Yeah. So I guess just as a quick overview for people that really don't recognize the term, uh, there's a tax line. Once you're in that, you're paying luxury tax money. Then above that right now, there's something called the tax apron. And if you surpass that, um, you're restricted to a smaller mid-level exception. The exceptions are the, is that the biggest piece of this? The exceptions? As far as the new one? The new one, yeah. Yeah, I think it is the exceptions uh, as well as, you know, I don't know if they're considering this an exception, but teams that are going to go over that second tax apron going forward, uh, they can't send out money in a trade. Right. So if you're trading like a $10 million player, right now you could theoretically get somebody making $12.5 million. Under these new rules, you can only get $10 million back. Mm-hmm. Dollar for dollar. Yep, mm-hmm. dollar for dollar. Um. I'm trying to think what other rules there were with it. Even with exceptions or whatever, right? Because that's the yep. idea is usually if you have a trade exception, then you take in more money than you sent out. Now, if you're in that super tax, you don't get it. <clears throat> and just to put this in the most layman terms, when you're in the tax, there's only a few exceptions you can use to sign new players, right? You either have veteran minimums and then you have the, the, the handful of exceptions. They're saying now if you're a super tax team, you don't get any exceptions, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, technically, if you want to get really deep into it, bird rights is an exception that allows you to go over. They'll still have that. that. Yeah. But as far as like the exceptions a lot of people think of. For new players. Right. The only ones they'll have is a minimum player exception. So, okay. so they'll so be the able to sign. Is gone at that point. Yeah, so they could sign. So take like the Warriors, for example. If this was instituted this year, so they signed Dante yep. DiVincenzo. Wouldn't have been able to do that. Who's in their playoff rotation, by yeah. the way. Yeah, this they is should why retroactively apply that, I think. You th- oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. you think I of Dante DiVincenzo, and you're like, whatever. But it's like, no, every championship team needs a sixth, seventh, and eighth guy. Yeah. And dude. he's actually a good one. He's a great one. So yeah, if and it I weren't think- him, who would it be? They would have, like, Moses Moody or something <laughs> would be in that role. You know, like, yeah. a completely unproven, which lowers their odds a lot, a meaningful amount. But I think one interesting thing to watch with it is... You know, there's guys that take chunks of that exception. Right. So, like, I think Andre Drummond was an example uh, this past year. I think he signed for, like, $3 million something. So let's take him, for example. If he's looking at one of these super tax teams and they're offering him a minimum because they can't offer him more, is he more bound to take the minimum going forward because he wants to go to one of those teams? So I think that's a possible unintended consequence is you'll see guys that could make Three or four million with the Jazz or the Nuggets, maybe take a minimum deal with 
the Warriors or the Lakers because that's all they can so, offer. Don't like that. Well, this is yeah. what's well, yeah, maybe. well, that could work the other way though too, right? Yep. Guys could say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm taking the more money, please." Sure. Yep. So it's a funny thing where the reason for this rule is they don't like th- how much Balmer and Lacob and a few others spend. Uh, when I say they, the the ownership group and really the league, because certain owners have so much money and are willing to spend that money so recklessly that it's like, how can we possibly make this fair when Balmer doesn't care if he loses $50 million this year? He just doesn't seem to care. So they're trying to put a thing in there where it's like we're restricting the advantage of that within reason. But the unintended consequence or what you're suggesting here is that it might actually cost the players money. Like the players agree to this and I don't think they you always think about like the super players with how does this affect them? But this might actually affect the Dante DiVincenzo's that make their living off of these exceptions. Those you take out five teams a year who no longer can offer Dante DiVincenzo. What turns out is market value. And so he actually loses money on this. Yeah, there's certain players and that might still go to the same team anyway, which is yeah, the phrase. Right. <laughs> there's certain players that live right within that realm of I'm a role player. I look for the mid-level exception every year. Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah. Big example of mid-level guy. And is this going to push some of those guys into lower tiers? Uh, that's one thing to watch. Hmm. What's always funny about the negotiations in any of this is this is why I always laugh at the player empowerment word because it really is empowerment of just so few people. It's the same thing with these labor negotiations, which is Jay Crowder following this in a way like when something like this comes out and it's like, hey, guys, we want to keep the faucet on. Everyone's like, all right, good. No lockout. What's it mean to me? Oh, for you, you're you're after me. Like, (laughs) Yeah, sorry. You uh, this is not good for you. Really good for Chris Paul, though. Oh, it's great great for the guys that are actually in the room, probably (laughs) making the deal. That's my whole point. So it's a little bit interesting. So so far, good for Christian Brown. We've determined. <laughs> Not good. No good, effect on good, Bruce Brown. You know what? Good for Stan Kroenke because he was never going to be the super tax guy. Right. So, like, we are we got him in the tax. We're not yeah. getting him in the super tax. Uh, bad for Balmer. Bad for Jay Crowder. Maybe bad for Dante <laughs> DiVincenzo so far. Kind of interesting. All right. Let's take a quick break. We got a lot. There's a lot more. The super max. The super tax. An interesting one. But we'll continue to pull on these other threads. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. They win for Colorado families. That's what Backus and Shanker does. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the coolest thing about Backus and Shanker is you don't pay them any money until they win your case. No fees while they work on your case. No upfront money that you owe them. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. And they have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Baxton Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They even help you if you're injured at work. Call them today, 222-2222, to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. What's that number? It's the easiest number, 222-2222. Just mash the number two after you hit 303, of course. Uh, they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They have the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers on staff, more than 100 staff members. Check out Bax and Schenker. You never have to pay them unless they win your case. Uh, also, check out Game Time, the hottest new ticketing app. Don't be messing around with all those other third party websites. You know what, man? You know what game? What do you think prices are going to be for the Sacramento game on the second night of a back to back end of season when probably nothing's at stake? Game Time's going to have like $2 tickets. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm serious. Like game time app. Set the alert for that one. <laughs> Last game of the season. Price yeah. is at an all time low. Get yeah. them. I'm serious. Like I sitting like lower level to watch Peyton Watson. Great experience. Oh man. man. Yeah. Worth it. Worth it. Peyton Watson masterclass coming up. Hopefully. I uh, use the code D or is this use the code CHGO? Is that the code? That's here? not it. It's going to be DNVR. Okay. Yeah, we're DNVR. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, uh, use the code DNVR. <laughs> use the code DNVR when you $20. create an account. And uh, I was like, why didn't say that? I can't be right. Use the code DNVR. Good context clues. This is the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Uh, when you create an account on the Game Time app, you get $20 off. When you use that code DNVR, download the Game Time app today. Uh, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. You can sit courtside. You can sit right behind home plate. Hey, opening day tomorrow here in Denver. Use the Game Time app. Use code DNVR. Get twenty dollars off your tickets for opening day tomorrow. Don't go messing around with all those other third party sites comparing prices, this that, service fees, yada yada yada. Just use the Game Time app. Use the code DNVR, get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create an account, redeem code DNVR for $20 off your purchase on the Game Time app. All right, back here, segment three, we got Jake Coyne. We're going through the CBA and all the implications it has, and I think they are numerous here. So let's get in. Here's another one that I think will have unintended consequences. Three two-way players. The two-way was introduced, what, six years ago or so? It's been nah. huge for the Nuggets. They've actually had Monte Morris. They've had uh, was Jared Tory. Vanderbilt a two way guy? Bull Bull, I think Tory was a two guy. Tory Craig, the original PJ Dozier. Vanderbilt might have just been a regular one, yeah. but they've had a lot of guys that ended up being pieces. And I think they might even this year when you talk about a Jack White might be back in some capacity. Here's the thing: so you get three now. Here's the thing: I wonder if all you can have an open roster spot. This is going to be the Stan Kroenke move, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, Spending more and more because you have your starters locked up. Why not just keep a 14-man roster, three two-way guys, boom, just saved one little spot on the roster. Yeah. That's one thing I foresee happening. Can you have two open roster spots? Yeah, you can. Uh, once you get down to a certain number, uh, you get penalized for it. But um, I'm saying if you're a tax team like Denver. It's the you're being too cheap penalty. But if Denver is going to be a tax team because their starting lineup is so big and they're starting from a m place of like having this big one, they could probably have a tax team with yep. 13 guys and then three two ways. And it's like, yeah, those they play because we'll just bring them in oh, yeah. as needed. I actually think this is how it will play, play out. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you look at those two way players. They're making like a third as much as a minimum player. Right. So if, if you're looking at it from a Nuggets perspective, say last summer, you say, hey, we could bring back Davon Reed. Or maybe we could just sign Adonis Arms to this third two-way and kind of just roll with it, you know? First of, all, first of all, no difference in the success of your team. Yep. So Stan Kroenke, this is a very... It's a hard sell to tell him not to do this. That's that, why I think for sure Denver next year is going to have 14 players on the roster. And that money, <laughs> you know, for the Nuggets would multiply because you're talking a luxury tax yep. team. So if you're talking, you know, a million in savings going from Reed to Arms... You're talking maybe two and a half million in total savings, right? Uh, just due to luxury tax. So, what do you think of that, Wind? I mean, I think it's cool for us because we love talking about prospects. Yeah, we love our guys. We love talking about two-way guys and projecting <coughs> them and how they can help <coughs> the roster. Um, 
I mean, I feel like something we were talking about the G League and how it just like sucks the other day. Another two way guy might make it suck even more because a lot of times that guy's going to be with the NBA and you're just eliminating the next 30 best players from the G League. That think, could have some. I think Jaden Springer scored 40 in the G League last night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's a tell. <laughs> our guy, Jaden Springer, we were right our, after all. Our guy. Yeah. <laughs> For like a week, he was our guy. Yeah, listen, <laughs> that's aging well. <laughs> now, <it> now, <laughs> all this time later. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm cool with it. The mid level exception. I, I, I don't like how you can only, what is it, 45 games? Is that still the rule? But again, like, how often is that pertinent? I just, don't, you, I just don't get why. Because otherwise, it's taking advantage of labor, is I think the idea of it is if you sign a guy to a two way, but he's really a full time player, you're just gaming the system. With having three of them... Is that the worst thing? Well, it's bad for the players. I'm saying it's rules are in gotcha. place so that players aren't... They're trying to get money to the players, right? Um, with, within reason. But I, what I'm saying is, by giving a third, you naturally lend yourself to, eh, we got three guys we like, and we're going to bring one down for 45, and another one down for 45, yep, and another sure. one down for 45, uh, and sure. boom, we're good. I'm the The unintended benefit of that could just be... Like, do you really need another vet that probably shouldn't play at the end of your bench on a minimum that Malone is going to play 20 minutes a night anyway? Or <laughs> would you like a third two-way spot? Maybe the second one. It's possible. It'll be interesting to see how teams handle that. And that dynamic is actually, you're making a joke, but it actually is something to... No, I, I meant that. No, like, I mean, there's something to, like, what does our coaching staff want and can we afford to not have this because we're going to have extra of these prospects? And, and just know. to add something last that has to do with that is... When you're in a position like the Nuggets, sometimes you just need a few lottery tickets and see if they hit. And that's kind of what a two-way can be. It's just a lottery ticket. And sometimes you'll get a Tory Craig right. or a Monte Morris, and uh, you end up in a lot better spot for it. So, a lot yeah. of times you get a Devon Akun Purcell. It just happens. <laughs> um, the middle-level exception will go up by 7.5% starting next season. It was expected to be around 113 The room exception will jump by 30%. It was supposed to be 58 So is this a change? Mid-level exception going up. I thought this was the one that was like now tied to the salary cap. How is this? What What, what is the change here? Um, the biggest change, you know, they're just giving a little more money, but then the room exception, it's called the mini MLE. Uh, they're significantly increasing that one in particular. I think the idea is that you'll see teams operate as over-the-cap teams during summers um, because it affords them certain exceptions. But I think with this increased mini MLE, you might see more teams operate as under the cap teams. And it, it gets into a lot of complicated mm -hmm. stuff. But more um, ways for, for this to get <laughs> complex. Then. But uh, I think it in an ideal world, more teams being under the cap means more money available. So the ability to have more than two designated Supermax players is an mm -hmm. interesting one. Is this going to become more and more of an issue? I mean, it's not like that many teams have run into this, but maybe it's they the anticipate. the Cavs, I think, right? The, the Cavs the are Cavs a team are the that has one. And honestly, for a while there, it looked like maybe Brooklyn. And um, there have been a couple teams where they at one point had three guys yeah. that could become this. How is this going to change things? Yeah. So one other example I think of is a few years ago when Kyrie Irving was on the Celtics, there were rumors that they'd trade for Anthony Davis mm. and they couldn't because of this rule uh, because Kyrie was on a max and I believe was, might've been 
was Tatum on his max? Or so was you're it right. Someone this else? is less about but, signing your own. The the Oklahoma City 2011 team. It's less about that. Where hey, we have three superstars, and we can sign them. It almost feels like the consequence is going to be more super teams are like, yeah, we can always just yeah. add these guys. Yeah, I mean one one take I have about the CBA is I think the NBA knows people love trades. And I think they know it gets a lot of social media traction and a lot of, you know, debate shows like to talk about trades. And I think there's some things in the CBA that open teams up to more trades. Um, and this is one of them. But also, you know, you guys say the Cavs. That's another good example of where it could just be allowing teams to keep their own players as well. So, Although there's a workaround for that if it is your guy. Like, Yoke's, isn't Jokic not on a supermax because it like he took just slightly below that or yeah. something like there are yeah. workarounds i know some players won't give an inch including like the token amount but mm -hmm. i feel like that the retaining players part i almost don't buy i worry this is more in the mold you're talking about where maybe if this rule wasn't in place four years ago the celtics have ad oh man and yeah. Kyrie's still there and maybe you the look at a team team exception there's all these rules about the lakers and dallas and is Kyrie going to go to the Lakers or is LeBron going to Dallas like this or that? It becomes a little bit easier perhaps when you just look at it and go, why don't we just take three Supermax from three different cities, mm. bring them to one? So don't love that one necessarily too much. Let's get into the fun the fun one, though. Play in or a tournament, mid-season tournament. Mm. This has been Adam Silver's thing. He has been the guy. He first proposed this like 10 years ago, I think, when he was under David Stern, I think he came up. And he has just been like, hell or high water, we want to get there. It's here. Half a million dollars is at stake, which is nothing to LeBron James, and it's everything to Vlatko Chanchar. That's why this tournament is so weird. The guys that actually win it. Sorry, is it 500 ahead? Ahead. Yeah, player. <laughs> which is why I say for LeBron, that's like two days yeah, worth yeah, of work. Yeah. And right. for Vlatko, it's like half a year's worth of work. So it's going to be really big to the guys. I don't know. Like, Are you guys pro this midseason tournament? You are, vote. I love it. I, I love, love it, it too. I think they're going to have to iron this out almost certainly, yeah. right? I think we'll see. It's always always unintended consequences, always little bumps in the road that you don't see, right? With the with the first draft of a plan. But I like competition and competition in the regular season is eroding. I think Does this help that though? It could. It might it might. It might not. I see all the ways it might not. Uh but I could see it helping. I how could, how valuable is winning this tournament? I think it, for me, it's about guys like I used to say Towns in Minnesota. I would say Dame in Portland, right? Like they don't want to do the super team thing, but they are exceptional, incredible talents. We never get to see them play with much leverage. Like I think Dame would have won three of these things in his career, and it might have been really, really, really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, no one's ever going to say we didn't win the title, but we won the the tournament. I get that, but I think there's a crop of players and teams that are good, that are competitive, who never get the opportunity to play for much. I just know that we ruin everything, and I just feel like the way you described it is the best way to the diminish ideal, this. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like, uh, we're like, oh, that's for the Blazers win that one. Like, that doesn't mean <laughs> it. Blazers are a good team. Oh, they're the 20th best team. That's who wins the whatever cup, the silver cup. Yeah, yeah. That's, but I'm, I'm more likely to watch, because it's built into the schedule, yeah? yeah, yeah. I'm more likely to the watch play is. those games than you know, Portland just playing Houston or whatever. At God, I hope it works out that way. I really do. Yeah. You like it? I like it too. I think there's a chance they try to make it bigger than it should be. Like, I think I saw something about how the championship is going to be played in Vegas or something. Oh, I saw that. And yeah. that sucks. Like, th th that's trying to make it bigger <laughs> than it is. <laughs> 
Here's what it is, man. The NBA has a problem. The players don't care about the fans. They don't care about the games. They don't care about 90% of this. And the solution, rather than like figuring out actual problem, it's like, how do we just like bridge the gap between these? And you're just yeah. you're making things that don't address the issue. They just treat the symptoms. And so I that's what I feel like this is. And so when I get to this and I go, is it gonna be fun and competitive and this or that? I don't know, man. Like I really just don't know. I feel like it'll be more uh if you're in the semis, okay. Everybody cares all of a sudden. But if you're not, I just think it, we're going to still get like, how is Anthony Davis sitting out the first round of pool play in the cup? And it's like, because he doesn't care. It doesn't need $500,000. <laughs> What's it going to be called? That's the other thing. We need to come up with a cool name. The Maybe. Kia midseason tournament. We got to call it the Kobe Cup or something. That's like the only way players will care is if it's like. For Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. I've got six Kobe's, man. I'm very proud of that. J- Jason Tatum will win it every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. If you call, we're going to end up calling it the Koozie or something, and the players are going to be like, what? I don't want that. The Koozie. Yeah, I want a Kevin McHale. Get out of here. I don't want that. Um, let's take a quick break. We have one more read. Let's take a quick break. On the other side, another really, really interesting one. Positionless in the CBA. I hate it. But are positionless in the uh, all NBA voting. I hate it. I'm going to rant, uh, rant about it. Shady Rays, guys, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that you've probably worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. Use the code DNVR. This is exclusively for DNVR listeners. Nobody else can get this offer. Use the code DNVR, get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses with the code DNVR. That's at ShadyRays.com. Rated five stars by over 250,000 customers. Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. Again, ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR, get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Also, shout out to our friends at Illegal Pete's. Uh, grad season's coming up. Maybe you're hosting a grad party. Maybe you're going to somebody's grad party. Have Illegal Pete's cater that grad party. Illegal Pete's catering will provide a spread that leaves the whole family proud. Look, if you have a grad party and you order Illegal Pete's to cater it, nobody's going to be disappointed. Everybody's going to be happy about that. Everybody's going to be raving about the food at your grad party if you use Illegal Pete's. Go to catering.illegalpeats.com. Catering.illegalpeats.com. Don't make yourself pull another all-nighter. Book your graduation catering ahead of time with Illegal Peats. All right, we got to race through these last little bits here. There is basketball-related income is where the split comes for the revenues, basically, that players and owners split. They're adding new... That's not all the revenue that's made. There's some things that are accepted from this. They're adding now licensing revenues from the name and likeness of teams which all you really need to know is that it'll inject another 160 million dollars into bri which just means the salary cap will go up not because the league is thriving but because they've added new revenue streams into it this is my big tell me if i'm wrong on this but this is my big fear is that the nba keeps getting more and more money even though the viewership isn't getting smaller and smaller and i just feel like you could only play that so many that card so many times before, and that's the only thing I keep looking at is the players keep making money, but the league feels like it's unhealthy. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, they'll always find new partnerships, new ways to make money, and everything. Uh, they do need to get better at marketing their stars 
uh, all their stars and not, the product. Not just some of them. Yeah, the yep. product is all of the games. Yeah. Like not just some of them, all of the games. But could probably could probably do a whole podcast about that one though. So, yeah. so that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about it is the NBA has figured out how to keep squeezing little mm. bits more out of everything, and it's like, look at we're growing, and it's like, well, financially you are, but nobody's watching. Right, and everybody we're sitting here it. like, surely something has to change, and they're like, I don't know, man, everything's yeah, fine. Like, I don't know, we found yeah, another hundred dollar bill under the couch. Um, and then you were talking about something that specifically applies to Kamigate. Yeah. So in the past, uh, second round picks, if you wanted to sign them to a multiple years, you had to use part of your mid-level exception. So when Denver signed Bull Bull or Monte Morris to his original deal, that was out of their MLE, which means they couldn't use the rest of it uh, all on one player, that is. And so what this new exception does is second round picks, you can sign them to multi-year deals. Uh, we're not sure about the money on it yet, but you do it without cutting into your MLE. So assuming this applies to all second round picks and not just ones this year going forward, um, Kamigate, if he comes over this summer, they could sign him to multiple years and still have access to their full mid-level exception. So it could be that actually could come into play and nice. maybe makes him more incentivized for them to look at yeah. him as a player to bring over right away. So his odds, I already thought it was likely he'd come over, but his odds probably went up quite a bit. That he'll be on the ro roster next year. All right, let's talk very, very quickly. All-NBA now is going to be positionless, but to be MVP all -NBA, or All-NBA, you need to play in a minimum of 65 games. There are some conditions. I'll tell you one of the ones I heard discussed was they were very afraid that I'll just use an example of a random player, Joel Embiid, might play a game for one second. And then immediately you could just say out. Drew Holiday. He did yeah, that. He actually did this. Because here's the thing. All-NBA is now tied to your contract. A lot of people have. If you make an All-NBA team, you get a bonus or this or that. So there's actually an incentive for a guy with a broken hand to go out there, do the jump ball, call a timeout, and get him out of the game. They're trying to say, hey, that's one of the exceptions. That doesn't count. You have to have a good faith effort at playing a game. Can the league get around that? Probably. This will probably be a thing that's messy. But nonetheless, it's hilarious to me that we have, again... The NBA keeps treating the symptom. The symptom. The problem is players don't give a shit about their product. Yeah. The symptom is guys aren't playing games. They're like, well, here you have to play sixty-five games. I'm just not convinced that we're not going to end up getting a bunch of like, oh, Paul George gave a twelve-minute performance tonight. Uh, played in all four quarters for <laughs> three mean, minutes. I mean, dude. This is a little different, but it started. Kawhi Leonard played the first half of a game, <laughs> and then said, there's a back-to-back -back tomorrow. But guess you what? Guys there's the precedent third. now for next year when yeah. he actually appeared in 72 games, but actually only played in half of most That's of true. those. I just, again, I don't... The NBA treating a symptom. But let's do the last one. I just... The all-NBA the all NBA being positionless. Bill Simmons, I thought, had the best take on this. You... It's for historical... Press for precedent, you can go back and look at all NBA and it tells you a good story about the eras. You go back to the 60s and you're like, wow, I can't believe Wilt was second team all center. This was an era of centers. There was great ones that didn't make it. Oh, you go to this level, you go, oh my God, there were some good guards here, good wings. Right now, I think people are so up in arms that Joel Embiid could win all uh, the MVP, but be second all NBA. Like, no, we got to get everybody... <laughs> We got to, so now it's positionless. And I just look at that and I go, no, we're in an era of guards. We're in an era of with a handful of centers. It's okay if somebody gets left off. It helps tell the story of, man, look at how good the guards and how weak the forwards were in the 90s. That's okay to me. So this one I also don't like. Phil's yeah, participation I feel like trophy. everybody wanted this. And now that it actually happened, everybody's like, nah. I agree. All NBA is going to. Can you imagine Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard? 
uh, Ja Morant and Jokic are your all NBA. Like what? What is this? So who who would be the all NBA team this year if Embiid, this rule was Jokic, intact? Giannis, Tatum, and then maybe <laughs> you don't think he is? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's just your top five NBA MVP candidates, probably. Right. No, right. I'm just one of these things is not like the other. It's not. <laughs> And then maybe Luca, maybe yeah, Shea, so, I mean, like whatever. That's that's one guy on it that wasn't supposed to be on it. Yeah, yeah. That's not that bad. I feel like. Are you a fan of this, Jake? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a very big fan. Uh, I just think the rules these days in the NBA really slant towards perimeter play mm. being a lot easier than it is for big guys. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not a huge fan. And you know, people make the argument. And it is tied to money and how much you can get in contracts. Um, but I think it's been a perfectly healthy system so far. Like, I don't think it's prevented anybody right. from getting the money they should have. So I didn't really see a need for a change. Crazy thing, man. You players that are in the MVP conversation will offer access for a vote. And then if yeah. the votes are public and then it becomes <laughs> this whole thing, I think it's messed up. We got to get out of here, though. Buzz has a show coming up. Jake, thanks for walking us through all that minutia, man. Yeah, it was thanks, good stuff. Jake. Cool to and meet honestly, you, there's actually a lot of things that we learn, you know, obviously apply to the Nuggets this year. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, always happy to come and you guys do a great job. So. Any Anything to promote or anything you want to pump? No, man, just follow my Twitter uh, at Bronco Squatch. I'm always putting out some good stats there and uh, when we find out more about the CBA, you'll definitely hear about it. Everybody, thanks so much. We're back tomorrow. Nugget Suns. Will it matter? Let's find out together. <laughs> Hit that like button on the way out. <laughs>